Hello listeners. Welcome to another edition of the Investec India podcast with me Swapna Bhandarkar. Amid the covid shock, the bad loans are likely to mount 12 to 15% region. With the deadline for moratorium approaching, many rating agencies have issued red flags on how the financial institutions may suffer. To understand on what ails Indian banks and what the next few quarters will look like, Shri Karthik banking analyst for investec hi karthik how are you hello uh, swapna thanks everyone for listening yeah we met last quarter when things looked really different and the world has changed uh, and i saw you came out with a couple of reports so let me fire away with the first question banks have disclosed um, you know and they thrown at uh, investors various numbers more at 1 more at 2 overdue etc what is the most relevant and how should one think about it most banks have reported their quarterly numbers you know did they surprise you these numbers uh thanks wakna for that question uh, as always uh, there have been a few hits and a few misses uh but honestly when i uh, sit back and think about the bigger picture and uh, try to see uh what banks have uh, disclosed so far uh there are a couple of thoughts uh, which i could uh, you know summarize this into uh first is uh, there isn't any standard definition uh, which we could rely upon each bank has its own way of uh, uh, looking at moratorium both operationally as well as financially when i mean operationally uh, the way they have given or denied moratorium to customers how have they approached uh, who are the good customers uh, uh, compared to the bad ones uh, is moratorium and, and at a more fundamental level is moratorium a good thing or a bad thing um, if you given it to a customer and i suppose it varies between banks it varies between products and so there is no single definition um, that one can uh, really uh, apply to compare and contrast the numbers uh, thrown at us uh, from various banks an added layer of complication is in addition to the morat numbers uh, there are uh various vulnerable pools uh, which each of the banks are struggling or grappling with either in terms of the overdue accounts or in terms of the sectors which are under stress and hence uh i would say uh, as we head into august uh, in a couple of days um and by the end of august what matters most is what would be the total overdue position for each of the uh, lenders and that sort of presents and gives us a complete picture of the total stress pool that we're looking at at this point of time if one were to ask a question to the management teams i would say the most relevant question uh, to really phrase this is to disclose uh, what how many borrowers have paid all emis how many borrowers have paid just five emis how many borrowers have paid four emis and so on so forth to the question about how many borrowers have not even paid one emi and that will really tell us the relative riskiness of the uh, portfolios of each of these banks okay 
so given the extent of the economic disruption what further regulatory dispensation are you expecting uh, and what will be the impact of this on bank fundamentals so this is the next stage uh, to where we are headed from the morat 2.0 uh, because as things stand i'd say the pace of economic re recovery after uh, uh, early demand spurt in june is probably slowed down um, uh, in july as per what uh, uh, as per the commentaries from most bankers uh, and it's visible in some of the credit numbers too so by the end of august uh, once the current moratorium uh, 2.0 ends if if banks are saddled with overdue loans close to 15 to 20% uh, and as the regulator sort of uh, looks at the balance sheet position of these banks i suspect there's going to be further regulatory dispensation um, given that uh, any disclosure as close to as 15 20% uh, overdue position at a system level would certainly freak out the markets um my sense is there is bound to be a restructuring window which one time restructuring window which regulator would allow uh which should give some amount of uh leeway for banks in terms of the managing the stress numbers and i quote here uh, mr uday kotak who sort of uh, literally uh, spelled it out saying that he pities the sell side analysts and investor community because there is no way that we as outsiders can figure out uh, how bad the position is uh, given given the extent of uh, uh, various dispensations and various accounting changes that are likely to happen and so we are headed for a period of multiple such regulatory actions and dispensations which can spread out the stress recognition by banks interesting you're saying that you you anticipate some kind of restructuring uh, or multiple actions uh, and well time will tell after the more up to ends uh, i saw that you you had written some uh, report uh, on the rbi that uh, financial stability report do you want to give us some insights on this it's a very important report uh, under the circumstances that rbi usually Uh, uh publishes on a biannually basis and becomes even more important now because uh, uh you get to see what how the regulator is thinking through uh on the banking system in terms of uh, how capitalized how, uh, how well capitalized the banks are whether they'd be able to absorb stress etc i'd say two to three key points takeaways for us uh, from the report the first is uh at a system level moratorium numbers are close to about 60% and for private banks that's close to about uh, 30 um and second and and there's not too much of a divergence between banks uh, especially the private banks uh, the second important takeaway is the uh, outcome of the stress test and there a uh, regulator is sort of indicating a 4% increase to the gross npa number for the system and about uh, 3% for private banks now i i guess what's important and relevant to us um, as stock market participants is what does that imply uh, in terms of the probability of default on the moratorium 1 and on moratorium 2 
and based on our calculations it sort of implies a 15% moratorium uh, probability of de default on moratorium 1 and about 30% on the moratorium 2 outstanding which sort of uh, uh, tells you that uh, as we stand based on the numbers being disclosed by banks it uh, the math that we'll have to use is a 30% probability of default uh, in order to arrive at a credit cost assumption uh interestingly uh, at this stage um, um i guess uh, looking at the consensus numbers it doesn't really uh, ma uh, made a difference uh, because most of the numbers are of are already factoring in this in terms of the base case estimates for fy21 so um 30% default uh, you mentioned uh, and you are not alarmed by this number am i right when you say that because these Which, were factored in not just that uh, whether it factored in or not is not as important as how capitalized the banks are mm. uh, and and in that context i i already see that uh, banks are very well capitalized mm. uh, most of them especially the mm. private sector banks and then they're mm. further raising more equity to cushion cushion the blow which uh, actually I, you know uh, sorry but you know actually i was going to ask you on that so how how does one take how does one read into this huge amount of capital raisings uh, if you're saying that they're well capitalized how, why are banks raising capital at this point and if, what do you think of the valuations you know in that um i think that is the most important uh, question uh, given that Uh, the commentary on one side is sort of uh, saying that they're well capitalized, and yet most of them continue to raise equity. Um, I see this as a sign that I, I, I guess nobody can predict what's what's going to hit us. Uh, neither us as uh, equity participants or uh, the bankers themselves as insiders, because mm. uh, we are in a completely new world uh, in, from a disruption perspective. And what was considered safe uh, uh, four months back is now considered risky. Mm. And hence, it mm. is always better to be safe than sorry. And hence, uh, while valuations is always uh, always a tricky subject in terms of when you raise equity. um uh, from a bigger scheme of things if you were to think it through from a management perspective uh at the expense of a couple of percentage points of higher dilution you will be able to uh, get to a far more comfortable position from a capitalization perspective um and that's the way to think about it and lastly what what is also relevant is from from our regulatory perspective at one hand you will see the regulator give a lot more leeway on recognition recognition of stress i suspect there could be some amount of additional risk weight asset in rwa increases which could potentially lead to higher capital consumption and hence even the regulator is nudging banks towards raising equity uh so it's a combination of these factors uh, which make me believe that um, even though valuations are lower uh, you are still better off raising equity i think that's that's the final note i will take from you um and uh, we hope to catch up soon uh, and get a better better picture after the morat 1 morat 2 and all the other factors that the banks have thrown at us so thank you karthik uh, for joining us on this show a uh, pleasure speaking and uh, stay safe everyone thank you stay safe thank you.